0: Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Heart of a Perfectionist podcast. Um, My sister just graduated from the U of M yesterday, so that's why the episode is being released today on Sunday instead of Saturday. Um, But just shout out to her, congratulations, so proud of you. Um, This week, as part of the Mental Health Awareness Month mini-series that I am doing We will be talking about eating disorders. Um, and I kind of just want to start off by talking about what are eating disorders. I know a lot of you and pretty much every one of you already know what eating disorders are, but I just kind of want to give a brief overview of it just in case, you know, maybe there are people out there who don't entirely know what eating disorders are. Maybe there's something you didn't know about eating disorders that, um, will help you kind of have a better understanding of eating disorders. So eating disorders are complex mental health um, slash psychological conditions that result in unhealthy eating habits. And they often start with an obsession with food or your weight or um, just like your body shape, kind of your body structure and how it's built. Um in severe cases, eating disorders can cause serious health consequences um, like organ failure, um, which is really bad. You don't want your organs to fail. and then when left untreated, um, they can also result in death. Um, so um, although eating disorders affect, all genders and ages which they do they c- can impact literally any single any person you know I uh, can be any of your friends any of your family any of your co-workers they can impact literally anyone they are most prevalent in teenagers and women so that's why there's a lot of focus on eating disorders for teenagers and women but that does not discount um, adults um, and even like younger kids before teenagers and then also men like obviously men also do experience eating disorders um so what are some causes for eating disorders so eating disorders actually can be genetic they have done studies with um twins who were adopted by two different families so they were actually separated and found that um if one twin um, was diagnosed or developed an eating disorder, that the other twin who they didn't live together, they didn't experience the same life or anything, was 50% more likely to develop a eating disorder. So they can be genetic. Um, Your personality can also determine if you are likely to develop an eating disorder. Um, neuroticism perfectionism and impulsivity are three um, major parts of a personality that can put you at higher risk of developing an eating disorder Um, and then also societal and cultural ideals of thinness um, which you specifically and primarily see in your western cultures and um america and in europe and stuff like that um because cultures that are not exposed to the western pressures of being thin and having to be thin um in those cultures eating disorders are significantly less prevalent um so that just shows that the culture in the society that you are surrounded by and participate partake in can impact whether or not you develop an eating disorder. Um, And then a fourth one is the brain levels of your serotonin and um, dopamine are potentially a factor in eating disorders. There have been studies that they've started to do to kind of show this. They need to do more, more studies to like have this as a conclusion and as like an actual cause of eating disorders, but those are things that could potentially um, be a cause of it is your serotonin and dopamine levels. Um, so those are just that is kind of like what eating disorders are and some causes of eating disorders. I'm going to talk about um, three of the most common eating disorders. And then I'm going to talk about um, a couple lesser-known eating disorders, um, just because I think it's always fun to like introduce people to new things that they maybe didn't know about before, and I know that the most common eating disorders, since they are the most common, pretty much everyone already knows about them, but I do also want to kind of introduce people to some things that maybe they didn't know existed. Um, And before I kind of go into like sharing what these most common eating disorders are um, I think it's really really important to note that there are so many different eating disorders um, and even though you probably hear about the top three or four um, there are so many more than that and I think it's really important to um, kind of understand that and if you are interested in learn about the different types because there are so many different types um and to recognize that okay well I only know about these three major ones and so if you kind of don't have those symptoms then you don't have an eating disorder right so just keeping that in mind and being aware of that and broadening your perspective on what an eating disorder is um and just remembering that it. It is a condition that results in unhealthy eating habits and there are a lot of different ways to have unhealthy eating this habit. so um the first most common eating disorder i know pretty much all of you have probably heard of is anorexia nerv- nervosa which most people just call anorexia um, and the common symptoms of it is uh, you're often underweight not always There are exceptions to it, but often people are underweight and they view themselves as overweight. They kind of have this distorted body image of themselves um, and view themselves as overweight and will often kind of deny the fact that they are underweight. Um, They have restrictive eating patterns. So a lot of times they'll avoid certain types of foods um, and they will restrict the calories they eat that And when they do that, it's often very low calories that they will eat in a day, way under eating for an, an, um, if they're an adult, an adult, or whatever age group they're in. Um, and then they will also have an extreme fear of gaining weight. Um, so anorexia is definitely a very dangerous eating disorder um, because it puts people at Um, unhealthy weights that puts their whole life at risk. There's a lot of people who do die from anorexia, and so it's very dangerous and very, very important that you seek help if you or someone you know is suffering from anorexia. Um, The second most common eating disorder is bulimia nervosa, which, again, all of you have probably heard of, most often referred to as bulimia. Um, And the symptoms with bulimia are recurrent episodes of binge eating um, with often accompanied by feelings of like lack of control with your binge eating. So they will often consume large amounts of food um, and kind of get to the point where they're really, really full, like almost to the point where they're like uncomfortably full. And there's just, like, this feeling of not being able to control your behavior, control this um, binge-eating episode. And then often what happens is after a binge-eating episode, they'll have recurrent episodes of purging to prevent weight gain. And the most common way to purge is um, people will force themselves to vomit. Um, But other ways are people will take, like, laxatives or something like that to... Um, Some way of releasing the food content from their body. Um, And their self-esteem is highly influenced by their weight and their body shape. Uh, And that's often why they will um, kind of binge eat and then purge is because they want so badly to fit this ideal body weight and um body shape that they're kind of the restricting things and like a lot of times though similar to anorexia restrict um certain foods and then like you you restrict yourself and now you're like oh I really want that which is what always happens when people restrict food is that your desire to have that food increases like so much more that eventually these people they kind of fall into that and most often binge eating episodes do um, result in people binge eating foods that they tell themselves they can't have and then they binge eat all this food and then they feel really um, bad they have probably a a lot they have a lot of shame and kind of disgust associated with it and um, in order to prevent the weight gain that they have a fear of they have a very big fear of gaining weight they purge and release what they ate so that they don't gain weight um so again very unhealthy way of eating and um just very unhealthy relationship with food in general um and then the third uh, most common eating disorder is a binge eating disorder. Binge eating disorder is very similar to bulimia, um, excluding the purging behavior. So with binge eating disorder, you they will often eat large amounts of food very rapidly and in secret, and they will do this again until they are uncomfortably full, despite them probably not feeling hungry beforehand. Um, so the They'll just kind of start eating, and then they'll eat, 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 until they're just, just really uncomfortably full. Um, and again, this is associated. This um, is accompanied by feelings of lack of control during the episodes of binge eating, um, and then also feelings of shame, disgust, um, or guilt with the binge eating behavior specifically. Um, and again, the difference between binge eating disorder and Um, bulimia is that they don't purge themselves and then also um, they don't restrict calories like people with anorexia do. Um, So those are like the three most common eating disorders and I gave very um, basic and brief symptoms and overviews of those um, disorders. There is a lot more complexity that goes into all those things So if you are interested in learning about any more of those things, um, let me know and I can do an episode on it, or you can go and do your own research on it and kind of learn more about those things. Um, So I'm going to talk about two of the lesser known eating disorders. Um, The first one is called bigorexia or muscle dysmorphia, Um, and people with... Uh, muscle dysmorphia often worry about being too small or frail looking they don't want to be like really small and tiny um and because of this it's often referred to as like the opposite of anorexia um can you know take in how you want to take it in and determine that for yourself if that's how you view it, but um, they are afraid of being too small. And um, this is most often seen in bodybuilders and frequent gym goers um, because they often, you know, they want that big muscly appearance. And so they're really afraid of being too small or too frail looking. Um, And then the second one is orthorexia nervosa. And This disorder is, um, where you would have compulsive obsession with eating pure and healthy foods, um, and so often people with orthorexia nervosa obsess over what they're eating, and they obsess over how much they're eating, and they'll even obsess over how the food is being prepared. They want pure, clean, healthy foods, um... And stuff like that and um, a lot of times if they break their own rules they will punish themselves by making their diet even stricter or they'll fast for a certain amount of time in order to make up for it or something like that um, and so yeah so I wanted to mention these two lesser-known eating disorders first thing because they are lesser known and not a lot of people know about them uh, but Second, because I wanted to point out that even people who may appear really healthy, people like bodybuilders and people who go to the gym a lot um, or people who all the time are eating the healthy foods, can still struggle um, and be diagnosed with eating disorders. You, You know, eating disorders do not discriminate. It does not matter what your gender is, what your age is, what your body type is, what your weight is. Eating disorders do not care. Um, They can impact anyone um, and cause a lot of struggle and kind of just a lot of pain with people because it is really hard to um, have an eating disorder, especially when you become aware of your own eating disorder. So it's really, really important to kind of like make sure that you're not judging people based off of their appearance. You're not looking at someone who's like stick thin and saying, oh, they must have an eating disorder or looking at someone who looks really fit and really healthy and saying, oh, they could not have an eating disorder. Right. Because that is not true. Um, Literally anyone can suffer from an eating disorder. And I think that's why it's so important to talk about eating disorders because, I, th- you know, there is that stigma surrounding it about that you have to look this certain way to have an eating disorder and stuff like that, or that it's very, very apparent if you have an eating disorder. And that's not always true. And, like, people are able to keep their eating disorders very secretive a lot of the times, and you may never know um, unless you pay attention to, like, those very, very, like small minute details and um it can be really hard but um it's important to stay open-minded around eating disorders and recognize that anyone can be suffering from them and that's why if someone is you know maybe confiding in you and trusting you enough to be able to start talking about or even hint at the fact that they're struggling with their eating habits it's important to listen to them despite what you may think about how they may look healthy or how they may appear to be fine it's important to listen to them because if they think they are struggling with an eating disorder more than likely they are and they need your support and your help because a lot of times it is a very compulsive thing it's something that's very controlling that you don't feel like you can control it yourself it just kind of happens you, you can't stop it and so if they're reaching out to help, reaching out to you for help it they need the help because for them it's so hard to do it on their own and um that's why with eating disorders a lot of time you know like you need to seek treatment i like that's so important eating disorders are mental health conditions that can like consume people's whole lives every single area of your life it just will infect everything in your life and why so it's so important to seek treatment um and get the professional help um even if that requires you um like going to an inpatient treatment clinic um even though that may seem scary um it's so so important that you seek out that help and whatever works best for you, however you can um, kind of rebuild your relationship with food because um, people who have eating disorders have unhealthy relationships with food and so it's really, really important to rebuild that relationship, find your healthy balance with food and you know, just eventually become healthy in that aspect. Um, eating disorders are difficult because they are both mental and physical. They Im- impact your, they're both like psychologically, you know, you're struggling in that aspect, and then you're also struggling physically, and that's why it's something that often requires inpatient treatment because. You have multiple aspects that you have to work on it's not just okay here's a here is a meal plan so that you can eat better it's it's not just that because it starts in how you think about food and how you think about your body and your weight and um that's kind of where you have to target because if you don't change how people with eating disorders think and how they Approach food, then they're never gonna heal from their eating disorder. So, um, again, it might be scary, it might seem embarrassing, um, but it's so, so, so important to seek treatment because eating disorders can be deadly and they can cause serious, serious health consequences. Um, So, Just, you know, seek out the people who you know you can trust and who will support you because those people are going to be like your, they're going to be your people for a while and they're going to be there for you. And it's really important to have that support system. I think that's true for anyone going through any type of mental health condition, um, that you have that support system because... Again, it's not something you can do on your own. It's, you need the guidance and the support and help from other people in your life. Um, so it's really, really important you find that. And just know that people love you and they're supporting you. Um, so, yeah, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Heart of a Perfectionist podcast. If you enjoyed this episode or if you learned anything new, please go share it with a friend. And as always, have a great weekend, and I look forward to seeing you guys again next week on the Heart of a Perfectionist podcast.